Good morning. For those of you who are concerned, Paul is my husband. It's nice to see so many of you here today. Um, as many of you know, we've been working through those five things that connect with our vision as a church. Paul started us off by looking at Jesus-centered, um, bended, rooted. Becky shared with us the other week on being together, and it's my job today to look at broad. And as part of our focus for this year, um, the element of broad is about looking at discipleship. And if you want to put the discipleship model image up for me, Harry, that would be wonderful. I preached on this about three or four, five, six weeks ago. Not quite sure how long. Not quite sure who does the preach and lead schedule, but I've got the same thing again. So if someone's gone wrong, oh, that was me. Um, but I want to talk through this again in a different way. So if you want more detail on that and how that works and, and that discipleship element, go back and have a look at that other message because it breaks down every aspect of it. But today, I want to look at it slightly differently. And I've called today's message broad to break chains and broad to be a blessing. Now, the definition of broad is this. It says, having a distance larger than usual from side to side. That's it. So broad sometimes can be a good thing. I don't know about you. When I used to work in a primary school and we used to have the school disco and then the children had all gone home, the state of the school hall was impressive. There was carton drinks, there was things that I don't even know how they got in there, but they were everywhere, all over the hall. And then some wonderful person would go and get the double mop. I don't know whether you've ever seen one of these things. It's not just a normal mop. It's not just a long mop. It is a mop that is like this. And you can actually move the extending things to things and to clean up. I don't know who invented it, but I love them with such a passion. This is a great tool and a great thing. The bigger something like that is after a school disco, the better. So broad can be a really good thing. Broad, in my experience, can be a bad thing as well. There are times when I don't drive my nice little compact car, but I borrow Paul's car, which is broader than mine. This has caused many issues for me and for the car at times because it is much broader than what I am used to and what I'm hoping that it is going to be. So it can be a very bad thing to be broader than you think sometimes. You know, and sometimes when it comes to being broad, we compare. We look at, you know, how broad is that person? And if we're talking about what they do and how they live their life and what they're able to bring to life, we compare ourselves to other. Well, they, they've, they know so much more of the Bible than I do. They understand God so much more. Well, they're the only person who can pray for me at this situation because of the, the anointing that they hold. You know, I don't think it's a good thing that we compare how broad we are in areas. This is a little brush from home. I don't know whether anyone knows what it's for. I played this, girl with, this game with the girls in the car on the way here. What's this for? Anyone know what you might use this brush for? Well, I can't hear you because you all spoke at once. Eyebrows, not, ah, cleaning clippers. It is a cleaning clippers brush. So if you've got hair clippers, it is for cleaning hair clippers. 
It's the only brush that Paul owns. My girls had some interesting ideas what it was for. But this is the perfect brush to clean clippers with. If I get a yard brush to clean Paul's clippers, we're going to have some problems going on. They're not going to be doing a very good job. Don't compare yourself with other people and what their use and purpose is for. If this is you and this is your purpose, you are perfect as you are. And for those of you doing the small group material at the minute, purpose-driven life, what on earth am I here for? Then hopefully that will resonate with you as well. So... I believe Grown Broad does those two things that I've shared already, that we're broad to break chains and we're broad to be a blessing. You know, but I do think we can have problems with being broad and with growing and with God doing more and more and people seeing more and more what God does in our lives. At home, I've got an amaryllis plant. Does anyone know what one of those is? If you don't, get get your phone out and Google an amaryllis plant. I'll spell it for you if you like. A-M-A-R-Y-L-L-I-S. If you didn't get that time, make it up. It is basically a plant that you grow in the house. It comes from a bulb, which is generally in a rather small pot, and it grows up really tall. And if you're lucky, it has four big flowers that grow on it. If you're really lucky, when it grows, you get two stems that come off from it that have these beautiful big flowers on it. They're often around at Christmas time. You see them in a box. You probably never bought one, but that is an amaryllis. This year, I've been fortunate enough to have two at home. I brought myself one because I thought, no one ever buys me one of these. And then Paul brought me one for Christmas. (laughs) So I have two. One of them grew two stems on it. This is an exciting thing. If you're not interested in plants, I'm sorry, but just just appreciate my excitement. One of them grew two stems. One of it had four flowers on. The other one had six flowers on. It was stunning. It was pink. It was beautiful. It couldn't cope with the flowers, and it fell over, and the stems broke. No, that was the one I brought. Paul had the really good idea of putting a little stick in it, but I don't think he actually fastened the stem to the stick, so it was just for show and didn't do its job. (laughs) That being said, I did nothing to help it, so fair dues. The other one has grown one stem, the flowers aren't quite as big, and it is sitting beautifully and has not fallen over at all. Why on earth am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because sometimes what is on the outside, what we show, the breadth of who we are, is sometimes bigger than what is underneath us can sustain. Yes? So then we have these issues, things fall, things break, things cause damage, not only to ourselves as in the plant, but to those around it. I was upset about it. Fortunately, we chopped it off, stuck it in a vase, and it's been beautiful. But things, if they're too big on the outside and not got enough depth and roots, like Ben spoke about the other week, on the inside, then they can have problems. So before I look at being broad to break chains and being broad to be a blessing, I want to look at the importance of making sure what is under the surface is just as broad as what is on the top that people see. And this is what discipleship is. 
It's what goes on where no one sees. It what, it's what goes on in those quiet places. It what, it's what goes on in those difficult and dark places. It's what goes on when you have hard times and you choose to keep going anyway. It's what goes on when you don't feel like it, but you say, well, I'm going to read my Bible and pray anyway. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31. And I'm reading from the New King James Version says this. He is in God. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So for me, the answer is in there. He is the one who gives us strength. He is the one who gives us might. He is the one who renews and restores us. He is the one who lifts us when we fall. It is all in and through and from Jesus. So what do we do? How do we get broad where no one sees? We get more of Jesus. Let's have a look at Psalm 18. And I'm just going to look at a few different verses from him. I'm not going to look at the whole psalm. But there's certain words that we've highlighted on this. And these are the words I want to pull out to you. So Psalm 18, verses 1 to 2. And this is a psalm that David wrote. Verse 1. I love you, Lord. Just like Ethan said this morning. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. And then we're going to jump towards the end to verses 28 to 36. And it says this, You light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength, there it is again, in your strength I can crush an army with. My God, I can scale a wall. God's ways are perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God arms me with strength. It's there again. And he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hand for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep me from slipping. You know, David wrote this psalm. And it says at the very beginning, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. You know, David wasn't averse to difficult times. But when we look at David in the Bible, David was a king in the Old Testament. And David wrote many songs and he went through good times and bad times. He did good things and sometimes not so good things. But I really believe that there are some things that we can learn from David as we look through this, this psalm. Things that God was for David. 
And I believe that if we put these things into our relationship with God, then it grows us broad where nobody can see. So God was his strength. He was that firm strength, that enduring strength. God was his rock, that place of shelter and safety, that secure standing. God was his fortress. Again, that strength and safety. It says that he was my God. You know, Clark, in, when he writes about this psalm, says this, My strong God, not only the object of my adoration, but he who puts strength in my soul. You know, I really believe when there's strength in your soul that it will hold you fast in the good and in the difficult. When you're showing everything is wonderful and you're growing and you're blooming and when you're not, but God will be your strength and hold you firm in those times to sustain you in and through everything else. Talks about God being his shield who defends him, both his head and his heart. You know, it was great to hear from Joy this morning. Thank you so much, Joy, for your honesty. But just to hear about how, you know, God's not just interested in reading the Bible and doing these things. God's interested in growing us holistically and as a whole person, which is why we believe this is so important. Talks about God being his light. Anyone ever find themselves in dark days? I'm not just talking about when the nights come in, but when things are difficult. We need that light from God. Talks about God making him sure-footed. So in difficult terrain, he can keep going. Talks about God being his trainer, training his hands for war. God wants to train you so you are ready and equipped and you have everything that you need. But it's doing those things under the surface. It's spending time in quiet. It's spending time in prayer. It's spending time reading. It's spending time growing and developing ourselves that enables us to grow broad talks about God being his support and it talks about God making the path wide for him you know David was a prayerful man he waited and he was patient he meditated he worshipped he trusted God he repented when he needed to he was loyal even the fact that he didn't lift his hand against Saul who was king before him and everyone else was fed up of him but David was loyal You know, how often are we rash? Are we impatient? Are we suspicious? Are we arrogant? Are we disloyal? Search your heart. Is he really at the center? Today? This week? In that relationship? In that situation? You know, I believe when we grow healthy and strong when we allow God into all areas of our lives, then it actually transforms us and makes us strong for the things that God's calling us to do. It enables us to have a a broad stance beneath the surface of who we are so that God can do more and more in and through us with the things that people see and the things that we do. And that's what I want to go on and talk about. But I thought, I can't talk about these things without talking about what God needs to do under the surface of your life to help you to grow and become strong. So let's have a look at it then. The benefits of growing broad and allowing God to grow you. So I believe that we are broad to break chains. And there's a specific It's not really a chain, but it's a form of bondage that the Bible talks about. It talks about a yoke. 
And that's the sort of thing I want to talk to you about this morning. And the yoke was a wooden cross piece that was fastened over the neck of two animals, often oxen, and they were attached then to a plow or a cart, and it enabled them to pull it. It kept them together, but it also enabled them to pull something that they possibly wouldn't have been able to otherwise. And the yoke in the Bible is often a symbol of bondage or servitude. Um, And it was used in both the Old and the New Testament. You can see examples of it. You know, and if we look at it as something that we all have in our lives, that we all have things that cause us to be in bondage or servitude to things, then I want to speak to you this morning about how do we then break that off our lives? How do we then break those yokes and those things that hold us, that hold us to other things, that hold us to situations? How do we break those yokes, those chains, whatever they are, whatever they look like, how do we break them off our lives this morning? You know, and I believe that we're all yoked to something. And we can be under the misconception that being yoked to something can be a bad thing. You know, Jesus talked about come to me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Which I think is a bit of a funny thing for him to say. Now obviously you could look at it and say, well he's talking to other people, if they come and follow him, follow him is easy and light. But if we're following after him, then we're going where he's been. And his yoke took him to the cross. I don't think that sounds easy or light, but I believe that there was something deeper and something broader in his life that understood the significance of what he was called to do and be that made actually this thing for this moment is easy and light because actually the benefits of it, the victory in it is so much bigger and greater. You know, I believe we need to be yoked to Jesus and it's about sonship and servitude. And they may be words that we might not like. But Jesus is calling us as his son and as his daughter to be yoked with him, to be fastened tight with him so we can do the things that he's calling us to do. But you know, there are also things, there are also things that yoke us that aren't good for us as well. Sin, the world's unhealthy relationships, unbelief, oppression, rebellion, legalism. All of these things will come and try and yoke us to them. So that is what holds us and that is what drives us and that is what we carry into everywhere that we go. You know, and you may feel like, I just don't know how to break free from this. I don't know how to break free from this mindset that I've got. I don't know how to break free from my frustration and my difficulties. I don't know how to break free from the things of the past that have got a hold of me, from from things that I feel oppressed by, from things that are just hard and difficult in my life. Well, I believe that God gives us the answer. Isaiah 10 verse 27 says this, In that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. So this is the one time you're probably going to hear someone say to you, get fat. Get fat. Get as fat as you can on God because that is the thing that is going to break the chains in your life, that is going to break yokes off your life. So I'm going to ask you this question then. If you're still thinking, 
well, I do have chains. I do have things that I'm yoked to. Well, what, what, how, do I, how do I get free from this? Well, what are you getting fat on? What are you getting fat on? Because if you're getting fat on things of the world, if you're getting fat on anything that is nothing to do with God, then that's not going to break the chains of the world off you. If you spend your time on Netflix all day, every day, and there's nothing wrong with Netflix, I like Netflix. But if that's all you spend your time doing, you're not going to break the chain of Netflix off your back. You're not going to break the lust off your back. You're not going to break the fact that, why can't I ever read my Bible? Because you're always watching Netflix. You're just fat on Netflix. Do you agree? Big Netflix. I'm sorry, Netflix. It's not personal. God wants you to be a great, big, fat, full of God, full of reading God's Bible. It's just like, I'm just that full of God's Bible. I'm just, I'm that full of spending time in God's presence. I can't fit through the door of my life. God is calling us to fill ourselves up with him. And if all you do is fill yourself up with unhealthy relationships, with reading things, sometimes even the news fills us so much full of fear and doubt. It's no good for us. Sometimes I watch the news and I'm like, I'm scared to death. But fill yourselves up with hope and love and peace. And when those things fill you up, it will break the chain of fear off your shoulders. It will break those unhealthy relationships. And that's why a course like EHS is so, so good. Do you know what? If you've done it before, do it again. It's not a one-it wonder thing. This will be my third time of doing it. And I'm going along, yes, to help to lead it, but I'm going along to say, God, please do something fresh in you in my life because I need you. So if you've done it before, please sign up and do it again. We would love to journey with you. It is so important. You know, sometimes we fill ourselves up with the wrong things and with things that aren't helpful. Sometimes we fill ourselves up with things that we think, well, this is Christian teaching. Is it right though? Does it line up with the word? Be careful what you fill yourself up with. Sometimes it can be unbalanced. Sometimes it's not quite right. Be careful. Get some wisdom. That's why being in a small group is so important. Being part of a team is so important. Having somebody who can speak into your life is so important because they can help you to consider, is this good for me? Is it healthy? Is this something I want to grow big and fat on? You know, sometimes accountability can be a dirty word. We don't like it. Oh, I don't need to be accountable. I don't want someone telling me what to do. It's not about that in the kingdom of God. It's about having that accountability to there to say, let me walk with you. Let me encourage you. Let me help you. Allow people to speak into your life. It is life transforming. Sometimes it's not always easy. Sometimes it's not always pleasant, but it's good for you. So how do we get fat on God then? There are two things I want to look at this morning, and there are many, many things that you can do. And it's going back to that discipleship image, if you want to put it up again, Harry, for me. It's what we take in. It's what we take in that causes us to get fat on God. It's that inhale. If for the inhale, we talk about engaging with God, reading the Bible, teaching. You know, what are you craving? In the natural, so often, I don't know about you, I just crave sugar. Anyone else? Like, I need chocolate, 
Chocolate, I need chocolate. Actually, there's no chocolate. Sugar cube off the table will do me. Not as keen on the brown ones, but if there's only brown, I will eat a brown sugar cube, but I do prefer the white ones. I think they taste a little bit sweeter, in my opinion. But sugar, apparently, according to Google, increases your serotonin, which basically gives you a temporary high of happiness. And because of this temporary high of happiness, once that's gone, what do you need again? Sugar. So you crave it. So you have some more, and then, oh, surprise, surprise, what do you need again? Because it's temporary. It does not last. And the things of the world come like this. The things of the world are temporary and do not last. The relationships, the lust, the desires, the things that we feel that we need. If I've got this car, if I've got this house, if I've got this, this new channel that I can watch, whatever it is, but they're temporary. They do not last. So then we need more and we need more and we need more. But the things of God are permanent and the things of God last. Imagine, just imagine craving after God, craving after reading your Bible. Anyone do it? Come on, let's be honest. Maybe sometimes, maybe for seasons, but not every day. So how do we do it? How do we choose to get fat on God? It's about making a conscious decision I'm not going to feel like it. I'm not going to get no craving probably, but I'm going to spend time with God today. I'm going to read my Bible today. I'm going to come along to that course. I'm going to read the Bible reading plan. I'm going to go to the prayer meeting, even though it's at 6.30 in the morning. Whose idea was that? I'm going to go though. I'm going to do these things because I want to have more of God in my life. And I know it's not what I feel, but I know that it is what is good for me. Imagine the peace the hope, the joy that will flow from that place. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. It's about transforming and renewing your mind. It's the choice that you make. And because the website's down, and that's really annoying, but we're going to put a QR code up because I've done a massive list of scriptures. And this list of scriptures, hopefully, if you click it, it'll take you somewhere. If it doesn't, we'll send them out somehow. But there's a huge list of scriptures that I've put together. And these are scriptures that I want to encourage you. Meditate on them. Memorize them. So when difficult times come, you know those things. There's a well within you. There's a depth within you. So that when things are going on above, there is something below because you've spent the time for this. Psalm 46 verse 1, God is our refuge and our strength. Psalm 100, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever. Romans 5, 8, but God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you know these truths, if you meditate on them, if you put them into you, then you will get bigger on that sort of thing than on the things that say, you're not good enough. You'll never get free. You're always going to struggle with this. It's just how it is. You're not like those other Christians. You can't be set free from it. They're lies. But unless we're brought underneath, 
then we can never see the fruit of it on the surface. It's about what we take in. The other thing I want to talk about, about breaking chains, is this. It's anointing. And I'm talking about a burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. I believe in it. I believe in it. I believe that God's power can absolutely transform and change your life. That it can break the chains. That it can remove anything that holds you. And you know, sometimes we think, well, I've got to go for some prayer ministry. And I'm not discouraging that. I'm going to tell you to go for some prayer ministry after. Sometimes we think, I've got to go to a special event. I've got to go and hear a certain speaker. I've got to go, I need to have some religious experience. It's all got to come with a feeling. And those things are great. There is no problem with them. Go to events, go and hear good speakers, go and get prayer ministry. Experience God is a feeling, but God's anointing does not just come in those ways. It doesn't. So don't think that's the only place where God's anointing is. God's anointing, believe it or not, is right here, right now. It is with you and it is for you. And chains and yokes can be broken today. And it doesn't matter whether you feel it. It doesn't matter whether you have some hyped up thing. It doesn't matter whether there's someone great speaking, because there isn't particularly, it's just me. But God can break the chains in your life. And the reason I know it is because he's broken them in mine. So yes, do all of these things. Read your Bible. Do all of those things. They're wonderful. They're fantastic. But let's not put aside the power and the presence of God and the difference that it makes in our lives. Because if it wasn't for that, anyone could do it. It's not about us. It's about him and what he comes and does. You know, sometimes God does more behind a back than he does in front of a face. And we suddenly think, I don't have a problem with that. When did God do that? I know I prayed about it three weeks ago, but oh, God's done a miracle in my life. Because so often that's what he does. Don't let your faith always hold on to the fact that it has to be some big thing. God works in the quiet. God works in the now. So that being said, I'm going to pray for you and believe God's going to break some chains. Are you ready? And if you want some chains breaking in your life, if you've got some yokes and you want to break, and just put your hands on your knee in front of you and let's believe together. And when you don't feel anything and when you don't experience anything, that's when I'm believing God's broke it. And if you do feel something, fantastic. Be encouraged by that, that God's encouraging you. But it's not just about that. Because when we make it about that, that's when we think, oh, it has to be this way. And when we have difficult times and times when we don't feel God, we don't know where he is. Let's pray. God, I pray for a new and a fresh anointing for people today. An anointing that breaks the yoke and removes burdens. God, in your might and power, we speak breakthrough. We speak release from old bondage and servitude and for our lives to come under the authority and blessing of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I believe God's broken chains today. Fill yourself up and continue to get fat on him. And I'm out of time, but I just need to say this last thing to you. I believe that we're broad to be a blessing.
Matthew 13, 31 to 32 says this. He, that is Jesus, told another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in a field. Though it is the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. That's a mustard seed. Probably can't see it very well. It's very small. You know, and you may be sitting there this morning and thinking, yeah, but it's just little old me. There's nothing in me. I really believe that when you plant yourself in God, that he can grow you, that you can be so broad in him, that you can be a blessing to those around you. Yes, you may be just a mustard seed, but wow, so much more. There's so much more in you. God has called you to be that man or woman in this situation that you are in and to grow broad in that place. You may think you're nothing much, but you can be a huge blessing to others, just like that mustard tree. Because that mustard tree wasn't just a mustard tree producing its mustard or whatever it does. But it says it became so that the birds came to perch in its branches. It wasn't even made for that. The mustard seed was made to make a mustard seed to make mustard or whatever someone's going to come and tell me after it was for. Whatever it was, it wasn't necessarily for the birds. And yet, because it grew so broad, it became a blessing, not only for the purpose of what it was, but also above and beyond what it was. And that's what happens when God gets in our lives. Not only are we who we are, but bigger and more because of him. We're broad to be a blessing. We're broad to bless others. And this is the exhale that it talks about. That you can serve, that it's about lifestyle, that it's about those relationships and being a blessing to those around you. Mother Teresa said this, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. I believe God's calling you. And you may think, but it's just little old me. God is calling you to be a blessing and to be an encouragement, and to be a place where others can grow. Where everything that you touch is a blessing. That you can be a safe place for others without it even taking from you because it's just who you are. You know, sometimes it may require an action, but sometimes it just requires us being us. Just be yourself. You are such a blessing in being who you are, in turning up, in saying good morning, in saying hello. You know, I remember when the girls were young, and even now, and there would be things that they would need from me. They would need me to plait the hair. They need me to run them around and take them to work and do all of these things. They need actions from me. But so often it's more about just the fact that I'm their mum, the fact that I can sit by them. It's okay, mum's here. I know it's hard, I know it's difficult, but mum's here. It doesn't take anything, it's just who I am. And sometimes it does require an action from us and for us to do things, but sometimes it just requires us being who we are in the season that we're in. And I believe that God has put anointing on each of your lives, that who you are and who he's growing you to be 
is there to be a blessing and an encouragement to other people. That like I've said, you are God's man or woman in the situation you find yourself in. Act like it. Love on people. Encourage people. Bless people. Welcome people. Because even in that smallest seed, there is something so much bigger. We're going to sing a song now. And as we do, the host team are going to help me when we start singing. And they're going to come and give you all a little bag with a mustard seed in it. And I'm hoping we've got enough. And this is a reminder for you today that even the smallest, smallest part of you, that God is going to grow and multiply within you, that there is so much more in and through you in his kingdom. It's a reminder to grow broad underneath the surface as well as above the surface. That God has a plan for your life where you can bless and encourage those around you. Don't think I'm not good enough. It's just me. But think actually with what God puts within me, it can grow and be bigger than I've ever dreamt or imagined. Not just a mustard seed, not just a mustard tree, but a place that can be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love. God, and we thank you that you encourage us to grow broad, that we can break chains in our lives, but also so that we can be a blessing. And I pray that this morning, as we worship you, that you would remind us that there is more in us because of you.